I've literally like met people, you know, normal citizens in my professional role, and they're like, look at me, like, you work for the municipality? I thought it was all like middle-aged white men in suits. And you're like, that is how I normally appear. <laughs> but to your I'm dressed mind, down I to make dressed. you more comfortable. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Elf Bark Radio with your hosts, Jesper and Frederick. Or do you want to announce your own name? I feel like I just no, said I mean, your name and I like stole no, something from that's, you. Uh, that's totally fine. You can do it, that. Yeah, it is your name. So yeah, I said it. Good job. But... Yeah, so uh, today we are moving on to the second book in J.B. Jones's uh, Dark Fantasy uh, soon to be quintology mm-hmm. quintet what do you call it um quintet sounds quintet quintology yeah i think it's a quintet right anyway we're talking about a fortress of gray ice uh the first yeah. half because it's a yes. long ass book so we're just going to do it in two parts and split this uh, one up yeah yeah that was also the plan with the last one but then we fucked up the recording and uh, we had to do the whole thing in one go and repeat yeah. most of what we said the first time we attempted to record, which is why that one maybe sounds a bit off. So uh, mm-hmm. if you don't like that one, don't give Not up on us yet. Work. No. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get yeah. there. We're going to get there. This one's going to be better. This one's going to be great. Because I am be fantastic. recording from the get-go. This is also the first time we do the second book in a series. So we mm-hmm. don't actually need to talk about the author again. No. Uh, which kind of throws me off a bit, Fred, because you usually start with well, that. I usually do a bit of background, but that is not necessary. I think we can just take a moment to um, appreciate the titles of the books in this series, <laughs> which suggest an unhealthy fascination with ice of different colors. Yeah. Title-wise, I don't think this, this series is going to win any prizes. Uh, so what, what have we got? We've got A Cavern of Black Ice. A Fortress, a fortress of, gray, of ice, gray Ice. A Sword from Red Ice, I think. Yeah, that's the next one. And After that, I think she switches the theme up, doesn't she? Really? So the fourth book is Watcher of the Dead. All right. So, she, yeah, she breaks the pattern. She, so break, she breaks the pattern a bit there. Black, Gray, and Red Ice. And yeah. then Watcher of the Dead. And then did, did, has she announced the fifth title yet? I don't think so. On Goodreads, they're calling it End Lords. I somehow don't think that's the actual title. Mm, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. Nah, she's a bit more poetic. That She wouldn't just call it End Lords. Maybe she will, and then I'll feel really bad about saying that. <laughs> I mean, we know that Titles aren't her strong suit, so End Lords might might just be the thing. Well, I mean, Maybe. we'll hold off. And Maybe see, so. what, see what happens. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what uh, but I feel, yeah, I agree with you. There are better options. Luckily, mm-hmm. the content of the books uh, just very nice stuff. Yeah, very nice. Good, very nice. Good shit. Yes. Titles do um, not do the content justice. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do the summary. All right, <clears throat> Fortress yeah. of Great Ice, Part One. Uh, spoilers for 
Fortress of Grey Ice, the first half of the book. Duh. So if you have yeah. not read the first half of A Fortress of Grey Ice by J.V. Jones, and you don't want to know what happens, then stop listening right now. Okay, so here we go. So they did it. Rafe and Ash have completed their hero's journey, saved the world and each other. But not really, because after having released Ash's power to contain the End Lords uh, within the Cavern of Black Ice, we learn in the end of the last book that the, uh, the unnamed one has managed to crack open their prison anyway, and they're streaming out. We get some sneak peeks into the havoc that they're wreaking in the first few chapters before we get back to Ash and Rafe, who set out to follow the two Sol uh, warriors who saved them. Mal Naysayer and Ark Vainsplitter, for those of you who forget their names. So they follow them to this nearby ice tracker village, where we also get to meet the listener, which was the uh, earless Inuit-type prophet that we also got a glimpse of in the previous book. The Sol and the listener don't say much. They just uh, get Rafe shit-faced and then leave him in a hut. And then they leave the village with Ash and Toe. And Rafe just really does not think critically about these events at all. He just gets really fucking drunk and he doesn't ask yeah. why they're doing this to him and why no one else is drinking. And it's this no- normally very careful and suspicious and brooding young man just sits down and gets fucking shit-faced and then passes out drunk. What's yeah. even worse is he gets drunk off shark skin, fermented shark skin juice. <laughs> <laughs> which you know yeah i like to say that i'll drink anything but mm. i think i'm gonna have to add shark skin juice to my list of never again along with yeah. fucking uzo mm. though i'd probably rather drink the shark skin juice now that i think about it yeah, anyway yeah. Mm, okay yeah, yeah because yeah the listeners will know what i'm talking about <laughs> all right anyway so the ritual in the cavern changed ash and she now sees herself as belonging to the soul and the soul evidently agree also her eyes are now blue because this is a fantasy book and uh you just can't have you know magical powers awakening without having eyes change color i feel like that's uh just a staple So then Rafe wakes up, um, realizes that he's been left behind and mopes around for a few days because much like most male protagonists in fantasy, he just can't fathom the idea that it's, you know, even possible for for him to have a personality unless he's Mm -hmm. protecting something with his life. Now he's just wandering aimlessly. So the listener gives him some tough love and tells him um, that these nasty ass uh, shadow monsters are coming to kill everything and everyone. And uh, he convinces Rafe of this by showing him like a frozen specimen that's you know been trapped in the ice for millennia. So Rafe is like, oh shit, that's, uh, that's scary. And then uh, the listener gives him some presents, notably a silver arrow, and then sends him on his way. And Rafe has just suddenly decided that because there's nothing left for him anywhere, he's gonna go join this mysterious group of marauders, I guess you could call them, called the Maimed Men who have been referenced, but never really explained. So uh, he just kind of just decides one day, like, oh, maybe I'll do that. He's very spontaneous all of a sudden. 
So meanwhile, Ash is journeying with the sullen Sul duo, as I like to call them. The first stop is this uh, secret Sul cave where <laughs> the Sul just suddenly tell her, okay, so you've got a choice here. Uh, you either get eviscerated and you receive a risky Sul blood transfusion to become one of us, or we just kill you, just straight up kill you instead. Uh, so yeah, they're off to a good start in their friendship. But Ash decides that she's going to take her chances and um, she does a whole you know movie scene bath thing where she slits her wrist yeah. and then the blood kind of clouds up into the water and she's like relaxing. And then, you know, fade to black she wakes up she feels like crap but she's alive and she's soul and thus her training begins and uh it's a pretty fast track training because the uh the shades are encroaching on their position steadily so they need to haul ass luckily ash seems to have discovered a new power i'm not sure if this is because of the transfusion or because of it's innate but she can sense the the evil shadow creatures so Estella very, uh, very into that. Also back at Clan Blackhale, Effie has been having a hard time because, you know, after being assaulted and almost killed by two of Mace Blackhale's goons, only to be saved by a pack of dogs that she's been friends with her whole life, people have decided that she must be a witch because dogs, you know, aren't famous for their loyalty or anything. And they've never protected human friends before. So obviously she has, you know, controlled them with her witchy mind. So after another attempt on her life, which involves burning one of those dogs alive as like an intimidation tactic, which was really uh, messed up. Um, yeah, that, was is, a, that was a rough scene. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. And I should also mention that in, in, in an attempt to save the dog, she admits sort of, she confesses to being a witch, but, you know, mm. that doesn't help, obviously. But then she's whisked away by Raina Blackhale and... Uh, big bro dr dre and she is sent to uh reyna's birth clan down south and we don't really get to know much more than that mm. oh she also spends some time with another witch outcast and learns some healing herb um, stuff but yeah in the meantime rafe has been wandering the tundra searching for the maimed men and he comes across this gruesome murder scene where a group of knights has been murdered by uh the shadow creatures and this is when we realize that they reproduce by killing people. So the slain knights are like turning into the, the more shadows. Uh, so that's freaky. He then gets ambushed by uh, a deformed brigand who turns out to be a maimed man. And after knocking Rafe out and stealing his stuff, he also is kind enough to cut off the tip of his pinky and take him to the maimed man hideout. And the reason that he cut off Rafe's pinky is because the maimed men, true to their name, do not like when people without any deformities uh, come to visit because they get jealous. So yeah. if he were to come there whole, as, uh, uh, as it's termed, uh, they would have basically ripped him limb from rim uh, in mm-hmm. a jealous for the bridge. Anyway, yeah. um, so... Uh, uh, Funnily enough, the maimed men who live a hard life out on the tundra aren't really excited about having a new mouth to feed. Uh, so after a good old-fashioned dick measuring contest, the noseless boss of the maimed men called Tra- Tragus. I want to say Tragus, but I think it's Tragus. Tragus? Oh, now I want to say Tragus too. Tragus. Okay, let's call him Tragus. Let's just call him Tragus. Yeah. Tragus Mole. Mr. Mole. 
Tragus Mole uh, asks what Rafe can do to contribute, and Rafe says, like, yeah, I, I can shoot arrows really good. And then uh, they don't believe him. And in order to prove himself, he has to win an archery contest against their best archer, Tango Ten Arrow. And uh, the loser basically gets thrown into a ravine. And that's the, those are the stakes. And as we know, Rafe isn't actually that good at archery unless he has a living target. And obviously the archery contest is not living targets, like no painted targets. Mm -hmm. So um, he's clearly outclassed, though with uh, a bit of luck, uh, he manages to uh, draw with, it results in a draw, Mm -hmm. no thanks to his skill. But uh, (laughs) the drawbreaker is shooting at a pig carcass. And that's when Rafe realizes that his heart-seeking arrow power also works on dead hearts mm. wow mind blown anyway so obviously after that realization he wins easily and tenko is literally torn apart by the watching crowd in front yeah. of his tiny young son and then he's thrown into a ravine but not before he gives rafe his bow which mm-hmm. is a fancy soul bow and that's basically where we leave off i believe yeah pretty I much sh- yeah I did make a note of some other events that I think are worth mentioning. And that is Angus Locke is now freelancing for Velo Blood. Mm-hmm. He's doing some, he's doing some private eye kind of stuff, keeping an eye on, on the area in exchange for yes. his freedom. He also mm-hmm. doesn't know that his family has been murdered. <laughs> Not yet. He's <laughs> really stressing out. me out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also the Dune clan, which was uh, ousted in the previous book by Clan of Blood are regrouping and planning their revenge, but there's some uh, some split loyalties in the clan uh, between the yeah. w- rightful heir and this upstart jock named Robbie Dune. Yeah. Robbie D. He, Bobby, he looks Bobby like a D. king. Yeah. He, he looks like a king, and therefore he has a right to the throne. He's really Because handsome. he's charismatic as yeah. fuck and he's handsome. Yeah. Yeah, that was my second <laughs> note. Robbie has level 100 charisma and a great PR Oh, team, yeah. So... Uh, Which and we also know someone else who has like unnaturally high charisma points. That so, is very uh, true, you know. And they're could, both that clan. could turn out, yeah, yes. And they are both. Well, one of them has successfully taken a position that does not rightfully belong to him, and the other one is trying to do that. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think an interesting dynamic between those two. Definitely, I'm looking, for, and I'm. Um, when I when I read the Robbie chapters, I am kind of getting worried for Velu, whom I actually mm. kind of grudgingly like, and I very much enjoy reading yep. his chapters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, despite him being a r- really terrible person with terrible dental hygiene. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Robbie Dune is just such a tip like. He's like the ultimate jock. He's just transported into a fantasy setting. He's like the quarterback in, in, in a high school movie who, who, who everyone loves, but then when no one's looking, he like bullies the, the, the nerdy kid. And uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of his character in a nutshell. Oh, and the, other, the last thing that I should mention that is notable is that the nameless one, whose uh, name is actually Boralis, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like Barales. I might be butchering that. I think it might have been something else, but I, it sounded like Morales. Mm. Um, <laughs> he's been growing more and more aware ever since the last book, and he's planning some sweet revenge on Pantero, who's been keeping him captive. Yes. So he he has uh, chosen a lifeline, uh, namely call a friend, 
<laughs> to get through this round. And uh, the friend in question is an old serpent of his named Crope. And apparently he's a half giant. So we yeah. kind of get like a hint that there was there were giants at one point in this mm-hmm. universe, uh, which is kind of cool. But yeah, so we yeah. get this kind of flashback where uh, they capture Boralus. Panthera actually captures Boralus, I think it was. And Crope tries to resist and he kills a bunch of people until they pepper yeah. him with arrows and then he falls down a cliff. And uh, so that's, mm-hmm. we get some, we get some backstory for the uh, nameless one. That's, uh, that's going to be an interesting storyline. I feel yeah. Hagrid's going to bust into Pentaro's castle and like save the nameless one. And then, you know, all will be well. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested as to how that's going to develop because I mean, the guy is fucking uh, strong, and uh, he obviously like is very loyal to to the to, to this sorcerer dude. But I'm not sure yeah. how he's gonna get into Spire Vanis. He's presented to us as as being, let's say, not super clever. Yeah. So he's yeah. a very Hodor kind of guy. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, and obviously. Morales is currently pretty useless since he's just, you know, this broken heap of shivering flesh. Full of uh, burrowing, blood-sucking flies. Yeah. And uh, she really goes into detail with those fucking flies, doesn't she? Nasty, yeah. But on the plus side, at this point, Pantero can no longer access his powers because he has become, he has, he is at least at the point where he can sort of resist yeah honestly panthero seems to be in a lot of fucking trouble because um yeah he's got marifus eye kind of you know looking for for advancement and in a position of power because he's now like commander of the of the forces that panthero is planning on sending to take over the clan holes yeah his uh his the panthero's uh sort of liege lords aren't very happy with him and now he has his magic slave who's kind of uh, thinking of getting some sweet sweet revenge so mm-hmm. he's not he's not in the best position no so uh yeah we'll, we'll see how things turn out for him i do have a note on style here i feel yeah. like i feel like actually this like i mean both this one and the first book i thought were great but I did feel like this book flowed a bit better. Yeah, I mean, no, definitely, I agree. Yeah, like just the pacing is a little bit. It's a bit. It's a bit quicker. There are, you know, f- fewer parts of the book where I, you know, start to feel like, you know, can we hurry this along? Yeah. In the first book, there was a a lot of exposition. There was a lot of, a lot of world building. And I did find myself kind of skipping ahead in some sections. I mean, I, I'm one of those weirdos who like enjoy world building. Uh, I, I enjoy it too, but you know, in moderation. Yeah, but I, I think part of it was first book syndrome because she had to establish all these things, right? And now you yeah. know the characters, we can just get straight into it. But I do agree mm-hmm. that she kind of... Um, she, there was no wind up here. She just went straight to bam, Rafe is drunk. Yeah. Ash is gone. Uh, yeah. Ash is dead. No, she's not. <laughs> Rafe gets his finger cut off. 
Yeah. So, yeah. so like, yeah. was actually, this is only the first half, but I feel like a lot mm-hmm. has happened. These characters have come a long way. Yeah. You know, like at this Definitely. point in the first book, we were still kind of, Rafe was, was still sort of hanging around the clan, right? And he was still like, oh, I don't know yeah. what to do. And Ash was like, still inspire Vanus, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh no, she had just escaped. Yeah. At, at the yeah. first half yeah. of the first book. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, she definitely, you know, gets into it more here. And um, th- for sure, yeah. The world also seems to be moving quicker. Yeah. Things have been set in motion. Exactly. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. It was, uh, it, you know, it's a lot quicker getting into it and the story kind of just flows. Yeah. Also, felt like she, she 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 left a lot of. We discussed this in our earlier episode, right? That mm-hmm. like this isn't bashing the the book or the story of her writing in no, any no. way, but she does. There are like a fair amount of, I guess you could call them fantasy tropes in the first one that were yeah. fairly evident. Yeah. that we talked about that we talked about a lot of parallels with other books a lot of you know standard uh applications of of fantasy uh staples like ravens or whatever those things are yeah. still there obviously but i felt like mm-hmm. the focus in this book lay on uh, you know more unique concepts and themes and ideas than the first yeah. one did yeah definitely uh i mean there are still obviously strong parallels to A Song of Ice and Fire, but not in a way that I find displeasing. No. Like it's, it's still very much an original piece of fiction, but yeah, I mean, you can kind of tell that these were released around about the same time and it's the same kind of fantasy fiction. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely the same flavor. Yeah. Same cuisine, even. Yeah. I mean, the maimed man, pretty similar to the wildlings, I would say. Yeah. Except they don't live beyond the wall. They live in the wall of a canyon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> in the vast, uncharted northern area of yeah. this world. But still, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do feel like, yeah, that their, their social structure is more akin to the Night's Watch, actually, mm-hmm. since they all seem to be these hardened criminals who have mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Nowhere, nowhere else to go and uh, True. are kind of ugly and rapey and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I feel like we're doing I mean, the book a disservice by drawing so many like direct parallels to ice and fire yeah no, no no i know i know i mean it, it's difficult not to do but yeah of course yeah like the, the there's there's more about this book that is different than is the same as a song of ice and fire i guess you yeah. could say but uh so i mean in this one we are introduced to a couple of new groups i guess i mean we get to learn a lot more about the soul yeah um and we also get to learn, I guess, a little bit. Well, I guess I feel like we got to to know the ice trappers fairly well in the the first book. But mainly, we get introduced to the maimed men and the forsaken or the forsworn 
knights. Oh yeah, the Forsworn, yeah. The Forsworn, yeah. Which, I mean, both they and the main men were kind of mentioned in the first book, but we didn't really get that yeah. much information on them. Yeah, definitely. I feel like there's definitely a lot more soul stuff to come because that's obviously mm-hmm. kind of what Ash is. This is her arc now, how she kind of gets to integrate into yeah. soul culture, sort of. Yeah. And um, that's definitely, in- it's, a, it's a very interesting take, I think, on this sort of primeval fantasy protector mm-hmm. race to stand against evil. Like we mentioned this in the last episode yeah. too, I think, but they, yeah. they, have, they seem very similar to Tolkien's elves. Mm-hmm. In that, you know, they're this ancient race of people. Magical. Who, yeah. yeah. Very magical. And, and you know, they're, they're presented as like the, the nemesis to the great evil of, of this world, you know. They um, even have mithril. Yeah, they kind have mithril. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have mithril and self-harm. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's their thing. <laughs> And blue horses. Yeah, just like awesome horses in general. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have like really smart horses that are sometimes also blue. <laughs> just because they can be. Yeah, which uh, really makes me think of um, Breath of the Wild because there were blue horses in there. So every time they mention the blue horse, <laughs> I just think of, 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 of Link trying, trying mm-hmm. to capture wild horses. But... <laughs> Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think the question that popped into my mind during the Soul episodes, at least, were Mm -hmm. um, are all Soul created then, like this, or are Soul also born? You know, do you require a blood transfusion to become Soul? I I assume that they're born. Yeah, it would be weird if they had to kidnap human children and bleed (laughs) them in order to survive. yeah, we, we haven't heard anything about Sol, like, you know, raiding clan holds and kidnapping kids. No. But it so is... I'm assuming not. Kind of interesting that this whole sort of magic people are, like, their, their whole being is defined by their blood type, essentially. That's mm-hmm. what it boils down to, right? Yeah. So yeah. anyone can be Sol as long as they survive a medieval blood transfusion. Yeah. But I appreciate the perspective we get from Ash here in that she can be a little bit kind of looking at it, looking at them and their culture as an outsider and also questioning it and being a little bit sarcastic about some of the aspects of it. Like I really mm-hmm. like the way she wakes up from her blood transfusion, which is this just them, um, you know, letting her bleed out in a, a heated pool. And then somehow and just getting... hoping that she doesn't die. Yeah, I want to know how they no, got they don't, they don't put they don't put any blood in. I don't think they put any blood in her. The idea is that she has to bleed out her human blood and then somehow she's just naturally going to start creating soul blood at that point oh really oh i just i was just thinking like how, how the fuck did they get the blood in her and where did they get it from 
no, I don't. I don't think there's any putting blood inside because then she wakes up and she's like feeling like shit because yeah, she's suffering from blood loss. And then the first thing they do is give her like a big steaming bowl of horse blood. And then, <laughs> and then she's kind of like, I thought I was supposed to get soul blood. Why are you, why are you giving me this like? <laughs> yeah, that was also horse really juice. really difficult passage for me to read. And she's like, oh, this horse blood is so warm and salty and I love it. And this is, <laughs> she went into way too much really? detail about how she was like drinking I thought it the sounded quite nice. Maybe we think yeah. of like, you know, you know, like uh yeah, the the yeah, blood soup. <laughs> yeah, I know it I think I could be first, into it. Wouldn't be my first choice. Uh, uh, uh I've I've had goose blood soup. Yeah exactly. Uh, that's that's it, good stuff. It, it, I mean it has more than just goose blood in it, but uh oh yeah, yeah. I, I yeah <laughs> I, the idea of just drinking a glass full of fucking blood. Mm-hmm. Not not my idea of a good time. But you know, I guess maybe if you're completely drained of blood and you're starving and it's fucking cold, then yeah, okay, I get yeah. it. I like so, yeah, it. Feels I was like neither a bit of those of a, things when I read this, so that's that's probably why. Okay, yeah. yeah, understandable. But then they say that you know this is because your body is craving the iron. That's why you really want to drink the horse blood <laughs> or maybe the horses are the true soul and it is only exactly. by consuming horse that's, blood that's what that's what soul blood is it's just yeah. blood from their lovely horses they're just horses in human form yes i do appreciate the sort of how she seems to have drawn on mongol culture for the soul like at least that's how i read it like you know very focused on their horses excellent archers with really nice bows and the whole kind of like you know just like drinking the horse blood when they're moving around because it's like just an easy possible form yeah. of food it's like a cup of soup but yeah uh, <laughs> exactly a <laughs> uh, cup of horse yeah yeah fuck mm, yeah no i i yeah i i was thinking that as well yeah the especially the, the horse blood drinking yeah, uh, have you have you read Conor Golden's uh, books on Genghis Khan? Yeah, I read the first one, and then they, they were yeah. also mentioning how they were like cutting slits in their horses' necks to uh, yeah, get just a drinking horse blood the all yeah. the time. Yeah, <laughs> I think I would prefer the fermented uh, mare's milk, to be honest. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, let's not get into that. Also, let's just let's just not talk about. The references to warm ale with oh, bits God. of egg with, 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 with bits of egg oats. in it and oats yeah. and eggs and oh, yeah Jesus, yeah let's just, we're just we're just not going to get into uh, that it, it has the consistency of vomit you just know it does and it's warm <laughs> uh. it, just, it just sounds awful you know maybe so it wouldn't not... be such a bad thing if these people were conquered because mm-hmm. maybe that would make them stop with yeah. the thing warm ale would you rather drink warm ale with eggs, steaming hot horse blood, or fermented shark skin juice? That is my question. I'm not that turned off by the thought of fresh horse blood. I feel like, you know, it's going to be kind of salty and tangy. Like, I don't think it's going to be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, compared to those other things, uh, like compared to some of the things they drink in this book, horse blood is the least weird. If there was booze in the horse blood, I would consider it. It oh, was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, like, I, like, I like a good Bloody Mary, you know, uh, I imagine uh, the consistency uh. is somewhat similar, also salty and tangy, but horse blood, yeah, uh, I don't know. I think I would uh, go well, for that. I would actually go for the warm ale with the oats in it. Mm. I think so. Maybe, maybe the shark skin booze. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Actually, no. I hate the idea of consuming anything that is exclusively skin. <laughs> I feel like we all know someone who like really enjoys mm. to eat like the skin of chicken. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about that. Like, everyone knows one, everyone has known one weird kid who, uh, who really loved eating the skin off his feet. What? I thought that was where you were going to go. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no one knows anyone like that. Don't tell me you knew someone like that. No. Oh, for sure I did. Yeah. God. I, th- I thought that was a thing. <laughs> I've never heard of anyone that fucking sick in my whole life. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> I had a guy in my class. He, he just peeled strips off his feet and just like, <gasps> yeah, mm. oh no, yum no. yum yum yum. No, <laughs> I can't. Oh fuck! It's a thing some people do. I promise. You know, fucking boogers and and nails. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's established. Like we're we're not getting rid of that, <laughs> no matter how hard humanity tries. That is just some mm-hmm. sort of primordial disgustingness that we have to live with. But foot skin, mm-hmm. fucking ah oh, no, man. Yeah, what is no, this person it... doing now? Did what? they grow up to be like a serial killer? Is the movie possibly. seven based on their life? Because the... possibly, possibly, I've I've deliberately chosen not to <sighs> see what. <laughs> you, we should email JV Jones about this person because I feel like she would do wonders with this in her series. That could, yeah. Like, I mean, hey, Ray, drink me. some fermented foot skin juice. Oh. Get wasted on this stuff, man. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't put it past her. I mean. That might come up at some point. The maimed men need to get drunk off something. Yeah. Speaking of maimed men, should we uh, yeah. talk okay, a little bit about yeah. Rafe's, Rafe's arc, which was pretty interesting? So, I mean, he starts off by... I, I, so, here's the thing. I have a little bit of a problem with this whole sword situation. Okay, so the listener gives him a sword and he has this whole kind of thing about, you know, like, okay, I get that you like shooting things with a bow and arrow, but it would probably be good if you figured out how to use your special powers with a sword. You should stab people in the heart as well, Rafe. Exactly. And it just doesn't seem as cool to me. Like running around, like shooting people in the heart with a bow and arrow feels kind of badass. But running out, running around, just being like stab, <laughs> stab. I don't know. It's it just definitely seem not as cool elegant. Exactly. But more importantly, I think it's just not very practical. 
Yeah, it just like, seems like a skill that's better suited for use with a bow and arrow. Yeah, like if you're if you're gonna do your your heart stabby thing with a sword, then you have to be close enough that the other person can stab you too. And yeah, I mean, I get that his magic works pretty quickly, but mm-hmm. it still seems like an unnecessary risk, you know? Yeah, especially if some dude is wearing armor or whatever. Like, how is he gonna? stab through the arm I, I mean at least if you have a bow and you yeah. shoot and the guy has armor you at least you know you have the time to realize oh i'm not going to be able to shoot through that yeah so i'll just you know run away or let someone else take care of it but if you're mm-hmm. holding a sword and then you're, you're just there and you're like oh shit the guy has armor on i can't stab through it i'm dead mm-hmm. also rafe has said multiple times that he's not very good with a sword right yeah even, yeah, he says it multiple times in this book when he gets oh, his yeah. ass beat by the mm-hmm. by the by the hairy hobo. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> um, Stillborn. Stillborn. That's his name. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty easy name to remember. <laughs> yeah, I feel. Wait, so I'm not, I'm not sure uh, if I got this right, but I imagine him in my head as having a mohawk down the front of his face. Kind of, yeah. It's like it's a weird stubbly mohawk. Pretty nasty. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, okay. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I, I definitely agree with you about the, uh, about the sword. Uh, silver mm-hmm. arrow, though, I feel like, you know, if there was a medieval version of a Chekhov's gun, it's this. Mm-hmm. Oh, it needs to be used at some point. Definitely. I, but it's I not... Assume- it's not it's not silver though, is it? It's it's that you know the the soul mithril kind of. Oh thing, yeah, you know, I just me- I just said silver metal. to to uh, to uh, saying soul meteorite arrow was a bit of an mouthful. <laughs> um, All right, fine, fair enough. Uh, but it, do they have a name for the metal? They just call it meteorite steel, right? Yeah. They just say like, I oh, it's so. really pale, and it's it's from fallen stars or some mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, let's just call it mithril. Yeah. Yeah. So mithril arrow. Sure. I'm assuming that with it they can uh he can shoot like uh the uh, the the shades, right? Because exactly there's this scene with Mal when he's killed one with his pale mithril mm-hmm. sword. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now exactly. Stillborn has it. Yeah. But he's but gonna I feel get like that they're, back at yeah, some point. They're, they're becoming friends. So I mean, if I can make a prediction, it's that Rafe is going to somehow become the leader of the maimed men. And in some dramatic moment, he's gonna convince them that they should take up arms against the end lords to protect humanity. Yeah, that seems 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 about right. Uh, there obviously yeah. has to be a showdown with Tragus Mole. Oh yeah. Um, Tragus, Tragus is as good as dead. Yeah, during which Stillborn will sacrifice himself or something for Rafe. Oh, maybe. I guess. I, either way. That's a good prediction. He's, gonna, yeah. he's, gonna, he's probably going to die. Um, yeah. And then Rafe is going to like um, somehow restore him to clan status because he, he was born clan, but he mm-hmm. was cast out, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. But first, Rafe has to re- return, re- yeah, return to being clan, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That feels like something that might happen. 
Possibly. Yeah. But yeah, now Wraith has a Sol Mithril arrow and a Sol uh, magic bow thing. A new Sol bow, because he managed to lose the first one. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I... He needs to take better care of his stuff, really. Yeah, Rafe just needs to become a better person <laughs> overall. I feel like he's... Mm-hmm. He's... I mean, I get him as a character... But goddamn, he's a mopey motherfucker. Like, Jesus, he's just... (laughs) Maybe I forgot, or maybe I missed a line, but why did he suddenly decide I'm going to go find the maimed men? Like, obviously, he thinks he doesn't have anything to return to anymore, but it just seemed so sudden, you know, that he... Yeah, yeah. Because he hasn't really mentioned finding them before. No. It's just a spur of the moment thing where you just go, yeah, I'm, I'm, fuck everything. I'm just gonna go join the maimed men because that's all I'm good for now. He's like, oh, Ash is gone. I'm gonna go become a tundra robber baron <laughs> thing. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. That was weird. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess she's kind of set up the whole mythos of the maimed men as being like kind of a clan for the clanless. Like if you yeah. get chucked out of your clan, I guess you can, you know, you go join the maimed men. Yeah, no, there's, yeah, he's, he's going to have to like, um, he's definitely going to, he's going to reform the maimed men and make it more like honorable mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Um, Maybe he's even going to lead them against uh, Mace. or something. No, he can't do that because he wouldn't hurt his other clan. Uh, no, I think clan Dre race. is eventually... I think Dre is eventually going to catch on to the whole Mace yeah, thing. Yeah, I feel like Dre is... All, yeah, Dre is definitely destined to become um, the Black Hail chief. For uh, sure. At some point. And yes. then there's going to be one of those moments where uh, towards the towards the end... Rafe and Dre are going to meet on some battlefield uh, mm-hmm. where Rafe has brought the main men and uh, Dre has brought uh, Black Hail and then they clasp arms, you know, like right up to the elbow and they're like, Rama! and then <laughs> there's this ultimate bro moment. Yeah. I think you're right. Something like that, anyway. Yeah. yeah. That archery contest, though, uh, that was fucking tense. He, I feel, I just, I feel like he, I don't understand how he won because we've got a guy here who we've been explicitly told, like, he's not actually very good at shooting a bow and arrow unless it's against a living thing because then he can use his special magic trick. Yeah. But he's up against this, like, kung fu archery dude who's you can shoot like 10 arrows before the first one hits a target and is just like famous for being super 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 good at shooting a bow and arrow and has a a soul bow i i don't see how he manages to even tie that contest when they're just shooting at normal targets he got like a lucky divine wind kind of thing going yeah, maybe yes. Maybe the um, stone gods were looking down on him, or whatever god death. is out there. And death, yeah. He Possibly. did have a little. He did have that out of body experience with with death. Yeah, 
True. She has intervened in the past. Where he earned his, or he realized the, the meaning of his name, right? Mm-hmm. But what is the significance of, I totally agree with you, by the way, about him mm-hmm. winning or tying uh, mm-hmm. at first was, was very, very lucky for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because it, it was like he, he, he lost two, but then the lucky bullseye won him the third, right? That's how it went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the third was worth more than the other two. Yeah. Because it was farther away. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that's why. But yeah, what is the significance of him learning that he can target dead hearts too? That's the, that's the question. My immediate thought was if the shadow creatures are born mm-hmm. from the corpses of the men that they have slain, are they, mm-hmm. are they like human, are they human bodies like encased in shadow mm-hmm. and the dead hearts are still under there somewhere? So you can like, yeah, I, them. I feel like it's something like that. You know, they don't have normal living hearts, but dead hearts. And so he's still going to be able to kind of. But then again, if they have dead, dead hearts, is shooting them in the heart going to do anything? If you have a mithril arrow, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But he only has the one. So he's going to have to do a lot yeah. of running. He's going to need like mm-hmm. a, like someone to run and get the arrows for him or the arrow yeah. for him. Yeah. I guess there's a reason why sort of, you know, legendary, cool, legendary magical weapons are usually some form of melee weapon. Yeah. I mean, and not he's, a projectile. He's got, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's got the legendary magic bow now. It's not legend. It's just run of the mill, top quality bow, Mongol mm-hmm. bow. Uh, but yeah, it's not I, one I, of the I kind. Did, I, did, I did like the uh, pick your bow scene. Oh yeah, that was like, good. That was good. Has to figure out what the bad bow is and he's about to grab it and he's like, ah no, there's a hairline crack and it will explode in my hands if I try to draw it. That was pretty yeah. sweet. The mind game is like, oh, you would expect me to pick this one, but then mm-hmm. I would expect you to expect me to pick this one. So I'm gonna pick this mm-hmm. one. But then he was actually mm-hmm. the one that I expected you would expect me to expect to pick. So I'm gonna pick that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty great. Yeah. Good stuff. Ooh, we have we have kind of skipped past the, the Force War Knights. I do want to just briefly talk about them. I thought that was pretty cool. So, I mean, they're, they're kind of... So he bumps into, like, some kind of temporary fortification that they built. Yeah, they like. went camping together. Yeah. With the boys. <laughs> pretty unclear what they were doing. Um but yeah, kind of, kind of like, I, yeah. It was, it was, it was, relig- it religious. seemed like Bible camp to me, you know, they brought yeah. their worshiping tools. They roast some, some, mm. some, some marshmallows or whatever. They <laughs> brought all the plate armor and yeah. <laughs> just had a good time, you know, just pillow fights, <laughs> all, all the good stuff. Yeah. But it, it's some kind of religious cult type of situation. Yeah, what was their god called again? It was like an it was like an eye, right? They would the, the yeah. god was symbolized by an well, eye. They, they they sort of the wor- they worship the eye of god. Right, because they're like the monotheists of, of this uh, of this world. Seems so, yeah. Um, and yeah. I 
I kind of liked how creepy she made all the symbolism. It's like they've all got like eyes kind of embroidered in their clothing and you kind of go into the fort and they've made like a massive eye statue just kind of staring down at you. Yeah. It was also like an angry eye, right? I feel like they yes. said that it was an angry eye. And I have a really yeah. hard time imagining one angry eye. <laughs> <laughs> like does it have like one of those diagonal eyebrows on top of it? And is, that's why it's I think angry. it was just I think it was just bloodshot, wasn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it was bloodshot too. Angry. Yeah. So it's yeah. like a high eye. Mm-hmm. Like a high angry eye. Yeah. That's what they were doing. They were just <laughs> getting high. They were just trying to get they closer trying, to their god by just trying a to whole see lot of God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I yeah. like the little detail of um, how the higher uh, your rank was within the Force Form, mm-hmm. the less armor you wore. Yeah. You have like less personal belongings, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore, you're closer to the eye of God, I guess. Yeah, it seems some... to me like they're on some kind of, in, in like, if we're going to be serious about speculation, that they're on some yeah. kind of civilizing mission or something. Mm. That seems to be, because that's be. usually the case with, with these kinds of, you know, fanatic mm. uh, Templar-esque uh, orders, right? That they're like, they're out to bring the truth to the... The pagans and the wilderness or whatever true um true. We, we don't actually know because they come from one of the cities right one of the cities south mm-hmm. of the clouds yeah i think so and um the listener does mention that they occasionally end up out there in the far north oh yeah which is useful fun, yeah oh yeah because rafe got the sword <laughs> of a dead companion to the only survivor it was his brother, wasn't it, even? Or something grim like that. Oh, I thought it was like an his apprentice young... or something. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I think it was a brother. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. his young brother who went out to sort of seek something and just died. Or was it like a brother in a religious sense? No, I think it was an actual, like, you know, brother by blood. Right. For context, uh, I, I we, we finished reading this half a while ago and it took us a while to be able to uh, uh, yeah. book a date for actually recording this. And that's why we're slightly fuzzy on the details. Yeah, I, I feel like if if somebody has watched the first episodes that we made, they're used to that. OK, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. We're always a little bit fuzzy on the details. Might Preparation, be the who needs it? Yeah, yeah whatever. that could be it. Yeah, we get the, we get the important stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, we don't really learn that much about them, I guess. Uh, no, the Forsworn Knights. Yeah, we get little tidbits, but um, yeah, I assume they'll play some kind of role. Well, they seem very good at dying. So yeah, yeah, maybe they're just going to be red shirts, you know, cannon yeah, fodder, just, just shade shade material for a yeah. Because the the, the, <laughs> the the shadow things, they're not the end lords. The end lords are like the the final boss but these are like the minions i think so yeah the may race oh yeah however you want to pronounce that oh yeah weird soul word May-Rath. yeah yeah they seem yeah. to be some kind of foot soldiers to the end lords yeah i feel like we should call them mayrath but um mayrath yeah let's go yeah. with mayrath it's the only me. it's the only actual term that we have for them 
But yeah, they're basically uh, shadow zombies. Yeah. Yeah. But we do get a decent look at the maimed men, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Getting I mean, to know them a bit better. I, I would not want to live there, but um, no. they're definitely a, a colorful bunch. Yeah. I did like the whole exchange with Stillborn, where he's like, you know, if you just go to the maimed man and they see that you're whole, they're going to like probably in their excitement end up lopping off like a hand or a leg or something because you yeah. have to be maimed. <laughs> and it's been a hard winter, so they're going to be extra bloodthirsty. Which I don't know. Like, I feel like if they're that upset about having all your parts, then. Mm-hmm they seem very quick to accept like, oh, oh, the poor boy has like half of his pinky locked off. <laughs> oh, that's fine. You're welcome then. But if you have a whole pinky, then we chop off mm-hmm. your fucking arm. You know, yeah. like, that's, yeah. that's very, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe I don't understand the rules, but because the, the ten- Tango, Tango's son, he also just had like mm. an earlobe cut off or something. Yeah. But that was presumably his dad that cut it off for him so oh yeah they, no no definitely someone it was else definitely didn't his dad. end up yeah but but it's still the same thing right like oh i see you've already maimed him for us it feels yeah. like a it feels like you know they'd they'd see that as cheating mm-hmm. i mean Appar- apparently not <laughs> i mean the, the boss is missing a, a whole nose uh yeah the lieutenant is missing his balls yeah but you know, all the power to like when when they they the chapter ended with stillborn moving in to cut off something off of off of mm-hmm. race, I was like, oh, this could get interesting, you know. But then I'm like, oh, it's just a pinky. Okay. Just a pinky. Yeah. yeah. I have to say, for an archer, a lot of bad shit has happened to Rafe's hands. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't as much frostbite this time around, but no. <laughs> uh, yeah, just a pinky chopped off. Yeah, yeah I did get just... a little bit concerned when he described it as going kind of black and necrotic, and I was like, "That's not That's usually not a very good sign." <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like last book, it was like, "Oh, his hands were yellow with frostbite," like fifty yeah. times. And he just, you know, looks at his hands and he's like, oh, frostbite. And then he just kind of keeps going. <laughs> so I wouldn't but worry too much about the necrosis. Go through, uh, true. He does at least have to go through the whole kind of, you know, like, oh, my hands are gloves filled with pus now because they're healing <laughs> oh, yeah. from frostbite. Like, <laughs> little rivulets <laughs> of pus dripping down my arm. Yeah. That's uh, not pleasant. Yeah. There's mm. just a lot of bodily fluids in this book, and they're described very surprisingly little semen at this point, though I have to say. No, that's that's George R. R. Martin's game. He's he's the yeah, semen, true. semen master. True. Oh, he's gonna find like a pretty uh, ma- maimed girl, isn't he? <laughs> gonna oh yeah, I could see that. Yeah, get it on. Yeah, probably. He Aww. turned down the uh, the. Uh, Ice Trapper girl. Yeah, that's one of the uh, one of the maimed girls are gonna seduce him. I think. You know nothing, Rafe Severance. Oh, <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. <laughs> no, I like. That I mean, I think that's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, probably. 
I do feel like Rafe kind of missed out on an opportunity. It's a, it seems like the um, the uh, the ice trap of women apparently are just very good at uh, the use of, of whale blubber. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a whole thing in the last book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three yeah. uses for whale blubber. Yeah, the three secret uses for whale blubber. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. How many things can you lubricate? Um... Yeah, <laughs> it would be funny if it was like. <laughs> You know, if it turned out that like, okay, so the first secret use of whale blubber is as a protein rich vegetable oil replacement. <laughs> so if you cook your, your seal in whale blubber, it gets this really well-rounded flavor. The second mm-hmm. use of whale blubber, secret use of whale blubber is oiling your bicycle chain, Mr. Listener. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, oh, what about the third use then? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, well, you know how it's really cold outside and everyone smears fat on their face, but don't get frostbite? That's the third use. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so Rafe uh, missed out on some pretty uh, vital knowledge, I think. Yeah. Also, I feel like it is only in, it is only male fantasy protagonists that, you know, think, oh, I have no purpose because the thing I have sworn to protect that no one asked me to protect is mm. now gone. Then he gets presented yeah. with, you know, uh, this ice trapper woman who's like, oh, hey, I like you. How about mm. we uh, get to know each other and, you know, maybe see where this goes. And he's like, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> he's like, you know, yeah. instead, he's, he, he decided, like, instead of thinking like, oh, maybe I can find purpose with this woman, you know, here who is obviously, you know, at the very least friendly towards me and seems, Mm -hmm. you know, assuming that it wasn't just like a physical thing. um, Mm. Why doesn't he just try out the ice trapper life for a while, you know, rather than going out into the fucking tundra searching for this group of people that we know nothing about, you know? Yeah, yeah. I feel like any normal person would have just been like, oh, these people are nice. They have good shark skin booze. Uh, this <laughs> this c- girl whose curves I describe in great detail uh, mm-hmm. seems kind of nice. Maybe I'll just yes. try my luck here. Uh, you know, fill the clan-shaped void in my soul with the ice trap. Yeah, exactly. You know, but no. He's got the listen, listener there who knows shit about, you know, his weird magic skills. He can learn some stuff from yeah. him, maybe. That too. Like, this guy had so much info, and Rep was just like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. so this is like the ultimate evil, huh? Okay, uh, thanks for the info. <laughs> uh, instead of yeah. like, you know, um, maybe staying there prepping for the apocalypse by asking like, okay, um, you told me, you showed me the thing. Uh, what else can you tell me? about the yeah. end lords and mm-hmm. what awaits us yeah that gave some pro tips on how to survive <sighs> yeah pretty frustrating all in all yeah but he does get to meet stillborn which is a great character Yeah, I think. I oh, would've... you disagree? No. No, no. He's he's fun. Um, okay. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where where they take him. Mm-hmm. 
I'm still, I paused because I was still trying to think of like, what would a normal person have done in Rafe's shoes? And then <laughs> they would know, definitely have stayed with the ice trappers. I completely agree with you. Like it was just weird. Like, yeah, he's in this pretty decent place with like nice people. And he's like, no, I'm going to go join this like weird band of marauders that I've been hearing like ghost stories about my entire life because that's all I'm worth. Curvy ice trapper girl for Mohawk face, you know? Yeah. Um, if I were Rafe, I would be kicking myself right now. I'd be like, I had the possibility to talk to a literal prophet who had foreseen the end of the world, but no, I'm going to mm-hmm. cut my finger off and uh, <laughs> shoot arrows at the barbecue. Yeah. But we're only halfway. We're only halfway. Some we're only interesting halfway. Shit could happen. Yeah. I wish this. Okay. Oh, okay. You had something. I was thinking we should uh, talk a little bit about Effie, maybe. Oh, yeah. I think Effie, I would. At the risk of sounding like super, super negative, I feel like mm-hmm. I want more Effie and less Rafe. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like Effie is. Uh, more interesting and cooler and Mm -hmm. where Rafe likes to play stoic and be cool if he's actually someone who Mm -hmm. can go the distance yeah you know also she can see the future uh, yeah pretty cool yeah apparently (laughs) apparently she is also like an actual witch which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Like if she, when she pretends to be a witch, things like, you know, things actually turn into like, there's this weird scene with the dog, right? Where she has this, she happens to, cause she was, <laughs> she was putting together teeth dye. Yeah. For the, uh, for the, the hammer, the hammer men of clan black kale. Yeah. Cause they want black, they want black teeth because that will make them scarier <laughs> on the battlefield. I mean, they're, they're not wrong, I reason. guess. But yeah, if you're going to fight blood, clan blood, whose yeah. chief's defining characteristic is that his teeth are rotting, I feel like mm-hmm. they'd be used to that. And they'd be like, yeah. oh, you have black teeth too. <laughs> oh, okay, cool, guys. Yeah. yeah. Is he one of ours? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but so anyway, so she's got this weird pot of like, black liquid and she pretends it's a witch's brew which will you know do horrible things to the men who are threatening her and then apparently when she drops it it like actually like you know melts through the floor (laughs) yeah good thing she didn't give it to put on people's teeth that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. but so she so she like does definitely seem to have like just seeing the future is just you know the scraping the surface of what she can do it seems like yeah yeah i'm really really interested in learning more about how her powers develop Mm -hmm. Um, especially now that she's been kind of apprenticing with uh, mad binny out in the Mm -hmm. cottage right um yeah yeah because i feel like because when we see things from Effie's point of view, obviously it's all 
very simplified, right? And mm-hmm. all the all the nasty details are just implied. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's more to what she learned there than she understands. Mm-hmm. Is my understanding? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's true. Also, Mad Benny is just a really cool character. I really enjoyed. Her. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she was she was pretty fucking good. <laughs> Just any like eccentric character that lives in a cottage a little bit away from the sort of main society is going to be good. Yeah. Go club me some fish, Effie. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. But oh, yeah, the, yeah. Uh... that episode with, with, uh, with uh, Reyna kind of deliberating whether she should send Effie to another clan or not was also really frustrating because yeah. um, it was obviously the, the, the worst choice of the two. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, it's going to end up exactly like Mad Binny predicts. I mean, she's just going to go to the other clan and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, witch. And then she's just going to be in the same situation again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. Oh yeah, because uh, yeah, we haven't actually mentioned that this is what we're talking about. But uh, Mad Mini wanted to send Effie to learn more witchy stuff. Yeah, that's basically the idea. And Reina was like, "Oh, Lara, then she'll be alone and lonely, and unlike yeah. we sent her to this foreign clan, yeah, whose people she's never met and who are definitely gonna." accuse her of being a witch can basically there were there were three options for the weird quiet girl who doesn't like open spaces and doesn't talk much can see into the future and has weird witchy magic powers one was let her become the new clan guide which is kind of the spiritual holy man of the clan which was not an option because mace black hell was still there and uh you know, accident. Yeah, happened. yeah. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. The other one was send her to a sort of witchy convent type of thing where she'll, you know, learn special sorcery. And the third was send her to the clan that likes dancing. And Raina chooses <laughs> to send her to the clan that likes dancing. Definitely not. That wouldn't have been my first choice for her. No, and also, uh, Reina, uh, you know that the whole reason that Mace is after Effie is because she saw him rape you and is the only witness mm-hmm. for the crime. Mace is in charge of one of the most militant clans in the whole area, and you're sending Effie to the dancing clan nearby yeah i wonder how that's gonna end when mace it's, finds yeah. out that the only witness to his crime is living in this hippie clan uh who he can just you know steamroll and whatever yeah he already assassinated the master swordsman with like a crossbow bolt to the face i feel like sending someone to deal with a little girl in the neighboring clan isn't going to be much of a big deal for him. 
I mean, he almost managed to do it within his own, within her own clan hold, where people, mm-hmm. you know, know her and care about her. What's going to yeah. happen when she's in a clan where no one gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see how that ends up. Yeah, this was not Reina's brightest moment. I, I liked her in the first Definitely book. not. She, mm-hmm. was, she seemed very capable and uh, very level-headed and pretty badass overall. Mm. But this was just dumb. Yeah. And this didn't end very well. Also, we do need to briefly discuss the bog barbecue scene because that was just awful. Yeah, that was pretty rough. So they got one of her dog companions who protected her and they feed it into like the furnace in the alive. Yeah, alive. It was really bad. As uh, after I got Alfie, that's my dog. uh, Reading scenes where dogs get like abandoned or hurt is really difficult for me. Oh yeah, you should definitely uh, not reread the Assassin's Apprentice books. Yeah, no, I know, I know. I, yeah, I'm gonna have to. St- I'm gonna have to stay away from them. But yeah, no. yeah. We will uh, never read Robert Hop's work on this channel because <laughs> Fred will not be able to handle it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but it's just I just saw Alfie being fed into like a, a forge. It was really bad. <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a tough scene to read, and mm-hmm. it makes me think. Like, okay, first of all. What the hell is what the hell are people gonna think when mm. the blacksmith goes to work and he's like, "There's a dog skeleton in my furnace," and then well, apparently it was common knowledge afterwards that they just decided to burn a fucking dog, and nobody does anything about. It. I feel like this, this they should clan, be kicked out. This fucking clan is just completely passive. Yeah, and it bothers the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. They're just these yeah. slack jawed yokels who <laughs> see this disgusting bag of dicks just mm-hmm. kind of act as if he's the boss. And then they're like, oh, he must be the boss then. And we should never question him ever again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we have a society that's so incredibly tribal right we have these clans mm-hmm. that have yeah. had feuds and alliances for as long as anyone can remember they're super mm. superstitious but they blindly follow this outsider who has just been adopted into the clan yeah and yeah. they do not question it at all even though the clan no. that he comes from is widely referenced as or referred to as being sneaky smooth talking scoundrels want to cheat you out of everything you own Mm -hmm. but they just don't seem to like because that's something that they genuinely believe that clans impart traits on their members right yeah yeah but it's so selective the way that they approach it practically Mm -hmm. yeah and i just want them all to go die (laughs) like at this point the only like clan that seems to 
act sensibly is clan blood mm-hmm. and they're supposed to be like the bad guys i guess yeah no exactly it's yeah it's it's just kind of just kind of weird you know it it, yeah. it doesn't really it doesn't really make sense and it's very frustrating and at the same time of course it does completely make sense because we've all seen leaders who shouldn't be leaders Oh yeah, no, for sure. It's super realistic, and that's probably what makes it so frustrating, <laughs> right? Like you can totally yeah. see this happening. Mm-hmm. If Donald Trump can become president, Mace Blackhawk can become clan chief. Absolutely. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, this is this is like you know that scene in Monty Python where they in the Holy Grail when they mm-hmm. when they when they when they're like, oh, burn the witch, uh, <laughs> and and clan Blackhale is kind of the rest of those people's lives you know like what happens after that scene in monty python when those peasants go back to their everyday witch burning uh lifestyle like this is this is what happens this is how those people think and act (laughs) once they're off camera you know like it's not any different it's just like the continuation of all that yeah depressing yeah I wish there was more Angus uh, in this first half. We we do need a bit more Angus. I feel like we're going to get some Angus in the second half, and I feel yeah. like he's going to go into John Wick mode when yeah. he finds out his family's dead. Yeah. Most of his family. His youngest daughter. Well, no, yeah. not youngest, sorry. Middle daughter. His oldest survived. daughter, I think. Was it the oldest daughter? I thought it was the... Uh, Pretty sure it was the oldest, because the house gets set on fire. Um mm. The middle daughter leads the way, mm-hmm. I think. And then the mother is like, oh, wait, she's gone for a long time. I'm going to go check. And she gets stabbed. And then the oldest daughter is like, oh, shit, there's someone out there stabbing them. I'm going to go check the window. Then the baby yeah. crawls out while she's trying to fix the window. Yeah. I think True. that was yeah. what happened. Yeah. So, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I don't think the middle daughter would have been able to smash a lantern into the assassin's hands like the older one. Because the older one was kind of like the, mm. the the smart one. True. The yeah. smart, capable one. Yeah, I'm probably remembering this incorrectly. Um, and I guess, in theory at least, they're not all dead at all. Like, I guess, you know, the assassin could have just, like, you know, done a bit of a quick stabby-stabby to incapacitate people. And then she was gonna like go and like you know carefully slit their throats afterwards. I mean, this is this is like supposedly the premier assassin in 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 the in the world, right? That's how they introduced her. I I assume. Yeah, yeah. Kill them, kill them dead right away. You know. Yeah, maybe. I guess we'll see. Yeah, we will. We will. I'm looking forward to that. I'm not yeah, looking forward either to either way. Him. Realizing that his family is dead and being sad. No. <laughs> I'm looking forward to him. Being a badass. Yeah. Because Angus is what... Yeah, Angus is what I thought sure Gormalin would be, or Gormalin would be in this book series. Like the... Yeah, yeah. For sure. That, that character. The, uh, mm-hmm. the badass with hidden depths. Mm-hmm. Which is a total stereotype, but I'm a sucker for that one. <laughs> I also really love yeah. how 
Angus is not only, you know, good at surviving and, uh, you know, wilderness stuff, but he's also like super smooth talker. And he just talks circles around Velo Blood and he just charms his pants yeah. like right yeah. off. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, he's, he's good at what he does, you know? He's like a sort of spy dude. Yeah, I'm a also looking forward to learning about the, the phage, the weird um, magic club that um, he seems yeah. to be Do we know anything about their motives at this point? Like, anything? I mean, we know that they seem to align with soul motives, since yeah. Angus and the soul seem pretty tight. Yeah. Um, and the soul motives are to hold back the Endlords and the mm. Mayras. Right and to yeah. keep yeah. them from taking over. So I guess that's the that's the yeah. role, and yeah. uh, it's the way it's a way for the soul to cooperate with people who aren't soul. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there seems to have been because magic is kind of like taboo in this in this world, right? It's it's the the old yeah. Uh, the yeah. old skill, right? But there seems yeah. to have been a time before where magic was okay and the soul were mm. stronger and yeah. those that they work together because the soul are also magic so i guess that the mm-hmm. phage was established back then as like a mm-hmm. countermeasure to the end lords and yeah after the soul got pushed back and magic got outlawed the the organization still endured and they're working mm. against it now as well albeit from a weaker yeah. sneakier position yeah that sounds about right yeah do we want to discuss uh, Bobby Doom's um, little brother let's do that so this feels like a fairly classic trope with like the charismatic brother vying for the throne who's sort of really good at getting people to sort of follow him and think he's like the greatest and then he just kind of assumes that his little brother is going to love him and follow him, whatever he does. So he doesn't really, you know, like extend his charisma to include him. He actively rejects his little brother because he is a link yeah. to his not so noble parentage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'm kind of, I'm, I actually really enjoyed these chapters. I like Very seeing more, more well of the clans. Oh yeah, yeah, and of course they were very well written. I'm really curious as to where she's going to take this uh, blossoming sibling rivalry. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure where it's going yet. I feel like at some point there's going to be some backstabbing. Yeah. I mean, like, there's... Li- Oh, go ahead. Literal or figurative. I'm not sure which yet. Yeah, because we have we have we have little bro, right? He's the only one who really sees uh, Bobby D for uh, who he really is, which is yeah. you know, a conniving, sleazy, yeah, <laughs> power hungry bastard. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then we have the old lady, the, uh, what's her name? 
um, the, the old like a, old mother or something. Yeah, old mother. I think that's what their daughter name mm. is, and she's like some kind yeah. of. She's not a witch for some reason, but she also she's she's just the clan matriarch. Yeah, she has like healing mm. powers and some sort of uh, non magical prescience, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But for some reason, she's not a witch. According to his clan rules, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, yeah. whatever. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But I feel like she and this abandoned brother are gonna kind of form some kind of connection, mm-hmm. and she's gonna kind of. Be... Well, she, well, she's 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 presented as this very pragmatic character because she kind of says at some point that the reason she's with Robbie is because. She's never seen him lose at anything. Yeah. So she she's kind of like you know sussed out where the wind you know which direction the wind's blowing in, and she's like, yeah, well, you know, this guy's probably going to win. So. Yeah, that that line also stuck with me um, mm. because it also says something about the coming showdown between Dune and and Blood, right? Yeah. It's like the whole kind of theme of Velo's chapters has been that he's getting old he's kind of losing his will to yeah to, to fight on he doesn't really see the point after losing all his grandchildren he's mm-hmm. just kind of sick of everything and then you have yeah. uh oh blonde bobby here and he's uh he's, <laughs> he's hungry for this right and he never loses mm-hmm. and he's good at everything yeah. and uh he's drawing more and more more, more and more people towards him um I think technically they're allied with Black Hill now. Yeah. Um, and they, yeah, like you mentioned earlier, both Robbie and Mace have this almost supernatural persuasive ability, right? Yeah. I feel like there has to be a connection there. There has to be some something, something going on. The only yeah. character who's equally mysterious and hinted to be as powerful on the blood side of things is dry bread right because he's mm-hmm. half soul and he has glowy soul eyes and he's uh, super capable yeah. and uh, miraculously took that fort with only like 20 men or something yeah yeah so i feel like he's going to take over for velo blood as head of clan blood at some point oh interesting and theory yeah it might be that robbie defeats velo Velo's dead, dry bread steps up, and then it's a clash mm-hmm. between Robbie and Mace and um uh, yeah, Robbie, Robbie and Mace versus Dry Bread. And maybe mm. the Oral clan, the the clan mm-hmm. that was like the, the ally of Black Hail that they dissed yeah, for yeah. Mace's mother clan, right? Mm-hmm. But ultimately they're gonna have to settle this and fight Panthero's army, right? Yeah. Yeah. Panthero's army, and then you've got, you know, the End Lords as well. Uh, this is going to get messy. I really hope that it's not one of those, uh, oh, we're all humans, so we better band together and fight the darkness. <laughs> no, uh, I don't think it's going to be that simple. I don't think it's that kind of book, no. No, it's good. there's going to be a... F- a fuck ton of bickering and backstabbing and people just doing non-essential things. 
Yeah. Yeah, I feel like overall there's a sense that the old guard is kind of reaching the end of its life here with Panthero mm-hmm. being slowly uh, pushed out by Marifus Eye and the, the Nameless One. You got Velo that we just discussed. Uh, we yeah. got Robbie Dune pushing out the, the other Dune guy. Um, mm-hmm. We got um, Rafe, who is probably going to take over from Tragus Mole. So all of these Definitely, kind of like... Yeah. A theme of sort of change, impending change, a, a generational shift. Yeah, we got Effie place. kind of not directly, but sort of moving into the role that uh, Mad Binny mm-hmm. had, but probably more significant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, like we also mentioned Dre probably going to move into Mace's position as his distrust yeah. for him grows mm-hmm. because Dre yeah. is still respected, right? So he mm-hmm. has the social capital necessary to displace Mace. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I think that all sounds about right, yeah. Shit's about to go down. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the second half because the mm-hmm. setup here is good. Oh, I uh, do yeah. want to talk about um, the two, two first chapters where the first one is where Crope, the half-giant, is working mm-hmm. in a diamond mine and yeah. the slaves kind of summon the, uh, the Mayrats, I assume, to kill their overseers and yeah they they summon something all right some kind they of nasty summon something shadow-esque business. and yeah. uh yeah i there's only one shadow monster that we've been introduced to and those are the the mayrath so right and then the, the chapter after that there's a mayrath who kills the old uh, ice trapper woman who mm-hmm. found the message uh from angus yeah, the first book. Mm. Oh, she's the one who found that myth. Ah, yeah, okay. she. I didn't, I didn't she was, quite make that connection. Yeah, because she had the terrier hunting oh, yeah. dogs, right? And then she. That was also oh, lots of bad things happened to dogs in this book. Oh yeah, the dog was also really nasty. Uh, yeah, yeah, ah, yeah. You got the dog like with its just like entrails trailing behind it, oh, yeah, crawling towards the dog it. And yeah, ah, that was nasty. That was really not nice. No, 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 no. It didn't. Yeah, yeah. It chopped the dog in half, and then it crawls up to her, and she's like, <laughs> she gives it the coup de grace by like just shoving her staff through its head or something. Oh, yeah, that was pretty awful. Yeah, yeah. I'm honestly um, not sure if there's anything to talk about there because we don't really know enough yet. I'm. I was just curious as to, you know, what it was they summoned and. It does mm-hmm. tell us that these things can be summoned if they are the same things that. Yeah, very unclear what was going on there. So you have these like old women led by one particular old woman kind of singing a song. And that leads to this thing coming up from the depths of this cavern that they're in, excavating yeah. diamonds, right? Yeah diamond mine and it just ends up like just killing all of the guards and shit going kind of crazy good times yeah yeah uh, yeah but it could be a, a mary for something something they, they uh, summon it through like a song lines. too yeah 
and it crawls up from like a, a cabin. Um, could be, but how would they know that the end wall has been breached? Yeah, that's that's also like how. First of all, where did they learn to do weird sing-song summon magic? Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. I assume. I mean, they were slaves. They could have been grabbed from anywhere. Yeah. Um, why did that? Why did it come from a mine? Was it the same shadow creature that is, you know, the same kind of? Was it a Mayrath? We didn't yeah. never get confirmation. We just know that it's shadow. E and murdery. Yeah, <laughs> which which does suggest it's some kind of Meraith and Lord type of situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I thought it was worth mentioning, but uh, yeah, we don't really have that much to go on yet. But uh, yeah, I think the second half of this book is going to be very interesting. Um, and I'm already looking forward to the third book in the series, actually. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think um, we're going to get a lot of answers there. Yeah, probably. But I think we, we uh, I, feel, I feel good about our predictions so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else we need to talk about? I don't think so. I think we've, I think we've covered, covered the major points here. I'm glad we didn't do the whole book because this first half had yeah, a lot of stuff to cover. Would have been a bit too much otherwise, yeah. All right, then. Um, well, you heard it here first, the uh, most in-depth discussion you'll ever get on the fermented bodily fluids of sharks, horses, and uh, <laughs> the ever-horrible warm ale-oat mix. I think that was our that was the the most profound discussion uh, yeah. yeah we've had so far on mm-hmm. this uh, on this podcast but mm. all right i guess next time we'll we'll discuss the second half of the book and um, yeah. until then you can email us at elfbarkradio at gmail.com please email us <laughs> please let us know <laughs> that we are loved <laughs> Or don't, or don't, or don't, don't, you know, do do what you want, do what you want, you know, it's all good. We can be stoic like Rafe and just exactly. You can also tell us that you hate us, horse blood (laughs) tangents, but you know, whatever. (laughs) Uh, This has been Elf Bark Radio, and uh, we'll see you next time.